Hello, friends and strangers. Welcome back to Wisdom Weavers. I am currently sitting under a mulberry tree that I and some of my sisters and I guess also the local birds have completely devoured. But it's really beautiful to sit under here and having tasted so many of these berries and just feeling really grateful to yeah, be living this life and living with nature and just really enjoying my time, honestly. So I have been waiting on the tips of my toes to get this episode out to you. It's about homeopathy, something that I didn't realize was really even a thing until I came to Europe. Back in the States, I had maybe heard the word, knew it involved some sort of sugar pills, but knew nothing beyond that. And man, I was really missing out on some amazing healing and information. And if you're like, hmm, homeopathy sounds random, maybe not that interesting, <clears throat> I invite you to just stay a little longer for this conversation. It was once quite random for me as well. <clears throat> homeopathy was once quite prevalent in the States, and at some point it became completely overtaken by the big business of Big Pharma, which makes billions of dollars a year. And it's true. Sometimes their products help people manage their lives. Sometimes their products even save lives. But also sometimes their products create heavy addictions, numb people, suppress conditions with no intent to heal, and even cause more fatalities and lifelong illnesses. Thing is, it's a multi-billion dollar industry that relies on a returning customer. On the other hand, homeopathy is cheap, effective, pretty instantaneous, accessible, non-toxic, and heals on a deep level, sees the whole picture, and gets to the root. It usually creates a patient or person who doesn't need to keep returning, who doesn't form codependent relationships to the state of their wellness or unwellness. But let me be clear, it's not one over the other. It's seeing all avenues as valid choices and choosing from there. Not to mention, homeopathy can be used in tandem with any other system, including allopathic medicine and pharmacological drugs. It doesn't negate anything. So this year... In my holistic midwifery course, I got the opportunity to dive deep into two weeks of homeopathy with an incredible homeopath, Elizabeth Flynn. It blew my mind. It actually changed the way I approached the body, healing, and my relationship to water. And this relationship to water is so key. It is a science we just don't understand yet. It is not placebo. It is not based in belief, although we don't completely understand it, but that's because I believe we are limited in our understanding of many things at this time. I don't know exactly how, but it works. I have had firsthand experience both making homeopathic remedies myself, which is a very meditative experience, and also taking more traditional remedies for both emotional conditions and also general illness. I felt my migraine nearly dissolve upon first contact with a remedy. Coming from a long lineage of allopathic medical doctors, and even though I'm really open-minded, this still blew me away. I feel it's healthy for us to open up to working with many lines and lineages and avenues of healing alongside each other. This isn't herbalism versus homeopathy, or homeopathy versus allopathic medicine, or allopathic medicine versus traditional Chinese medicine. In fact, the this versus that warlike mentality keeps our bodies in a state of war. Okay, so <clears throat> without further ado, 
Elizabeth is a homeopath who trained with the Irish School of Homeopathy. She obtained her license in 2006 and since then has had a varied and rich practice in Ireland, in Spain, and online. Now she feels truly inspired as a teacher of homeopathy at the Da'alu School in the Alpujarras. She wishes to expand teaching and her homeopathic practice to empower as many as possible to truly understand the wonderful bounty of health when it is taken as a personal responsibility on the journey of life. Her practice has been a lot about the family, about healing childhood illness, and about the illness of the mind. That said, Elizabeth's homeopathic practice has uh, knows no bounds in the conditions treated, everything from severe, severe alopecia to infertility, suicidal thoughts, to addiction. Her practice has been more about the people than the conditions, the holder of the disease than the disease itself. Usually, her clients are people who are looking to empower themselves just and just need to be shown the way. Developing her homeopathic practice, she has taken several postgraduate courses with Jeremy Scher, Anne Walker, Peter Chappelle, and Nuala Ising. All of these are inspirational teachers who are breaking new ground for homeopathy. She worked at the Eva de Maya Foundation in Malawi for just under a year, just after graduation. She says that this is when the power of homeopathy became con consecrated or concreted in her mind, as the remedies were often the only thing available for serious and advanced conditions. At these critical times, they worked more clearly and brilliantly than ever. She was born in the west of Ireland. Elizabeth is passionate about all things natural, having been raised deep in the countryside, immersed in nature, the wild, and a farm full of animals. Her primary education led her to a degree in natural science focused on biochemistry, again, an immersion to the nature of our being at a cellular level. It was an amazing study. This led to a master's in medical systems. In postgraduate years from the science degree, she worked for clinical trials with quintiles and then subsequently several large pharma and medical device companies like Novartis, Boston Scientific, and ABOTS. These were years where she learned a lot about the materialistic industrial world and how contrary this is to nature. Only through a love of yoga and an introduction to homeopathy did she pull herself out of this field to, of work and to her true joy as a homeopath and teacher. Elizabeth is now a mother of two boys and she lives in the Alpujarras in southern Spain. She continues to work building her teaching and practice of homeopathy. She can be reached through email, um, through Telegram, WhatsApp, and her website, which I will link all of those in the show notes. So, good morning, or good evening, wherever you are, and I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Background, don't and, uh, worry. So I'm Irish, and I think I am a hun I've never had that DNA test because I don't want to give away my DNA to anybody. Yeah. But I am, I'm 100% Irish, I reckon, because like my family are both from the west of Ireland, and it just goes back generations and generations of Irish people. Mm. You know, really hard workers, good Catholics, that kind of very mainstream. So I was born in Ireland, born in the west of Ireland, Galway, and raised in 
a beautiful part of the middle of right in the middle of Ireland near the uh, the bogs really wild I was born really connected brought up really connected to nature mm. like that was I think that's really where the homeopathy comes from because I'm so connected mm. to the nature and everything around it and um, then I went to, so that but I you know wanted to be scientists I wanted to study medicine I wanted to be come up with medical new technologies that's who I would have been as a, as a small child you know really mm-hmm. loved <coughs> technology and loved science um, and I studied biochemistry went to, went to Trinity in Dublin and came out with um, a degree in natural sciences uh, specialising in biochemistry and then I went into medical the whole medical system I went you know I started did you want to be a doctor or you were more on the science side of that yeah I was more on the science side okay. I wanted to come up with some great invention you know yeah. something that was going to change things um, and instead of doing that I just stumbled over it I stumbled over homeopathy because I suffered really badly with psoriasis all of my life from seven until I was 24 and I walked into Mrs. Glover's office in um, Edinburgh I was working in Edinburgh for Quintiles which are a clinical trials company and it was a super stressful job that I had and my psoriasis was at its absolute height and that's a skin a skin can get condition skin. Okay. and I was covered 70% wow all of my childhood years I <coughs> took loads of cortisone loads of steroids all that kind of stuff is it a liver thing it can be related it's to the liver it can be related to the intestines Mm. yeah I think it was just I don't know mm-hmm. but um, walked into this lady's office who tried I found out subsequently she was like the head of the British Council of Homeopathy for many years mm. and she gave me one remedy that I took for three weeks and my psoriasis completely disappeared in the correct direction not like what it does when you take a steroid the steroids suppress but the homeopathic re- remedy meant that the psoriasis cleared from my head down to my feet and it was really really obvious and at the time you were working for pharmaceutical I was co- working for Quintiles who are large should I say that should I mention Quintiles was, why not well they they run clinical trials Quintiles run clinical trials for the pharmaceutical for, for big pharma for, basically yeah. they are so they basically pharma. kind of subcontracted us out to projects for Novartis I was like heavily linked with Novartis and Smith Klein Beechin and were you questioning this or not until after this experience with homeopathy, were you? Or you were going, like doing well there, and oh yeah, I was doing well. I was going, you know, climbing up the the career ladder, but it was always to me there. It, you know, I was you know wanting to be involved in something that was going to help people. Yeah, of course. But it then kind of ta- tapping that down was like I was getting a fat paycheck, like a fat paycheck, yeah. and big bonuses and you know, taken away for weekends and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So that kind of quietened down that drive in me to be actually helping people. And it wasn't until, you know, maybe, oh, I don't know, maybe five or six years later when I stood up at a a quarterly meeting where we were doing a review of how well that company that I was working for at that time and I stood up and said, but we never talk about how effective this is for people. We No one ever says how effective this is for the general populace, for the people who are like using these our drugs, pro- these drugs, yeah. yeah, we never spoke about that. We were it was speaking just like about sales. profit share, yeah, okay. market share, how much money the company was making. That was what we spoke about. We never spoke about 
And on on that day was like... I mean, this is what's intrinsically wrong with Big Pharma, but yeah. Yeah, that's... Or with healthcare in general. Yeah. Business. It's a business. It's a business before it's there to help people. It's okay for it to be a business as long as the first priority is to help. Where are the priorities? That's the question. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would be the question. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so then I stumbled across well. homeopathy yeah. and it was just like, <clears throat> what? Like, how can this, you know, something that I believe to be nothing, could it? and then I researched into it and when I found out that there's actually nothing physically, there's not, no, there is no, you know, molecule that I can isolate in a spectrograph to show me that this is the molecule that helped you with your psoriasis. This was like, blew the top of my head off really. It was, yeah. it was just really opened my mind and I just I then I started to travel and I studied more and I was reading more and then I did a one-year course when I was living in Sydney um in homeopathy and that was it then that was it I just knew this is what I want to do this is what I want to go into this and And what did your family think because you come from a a sort of medical family right yeah totally very strong medical yeah very strong were they like what just this is just another one of her because I was always a bit you know, I did always have that connection to nature and anything that violated nature really hurt me. And they knew, you know, I was that kind of a person. So they were just, my family just thought, oh, this is just another one of your wooey-wooeys. Don't lose your job. Yeah. You know, don't, you know, don't, yeah. don't lose your job. What are you doing with this fat paycheck in your hand? Don't, yeah, do, don't, don't fly don't it give, to the wind. Don't give that up. But yeah. it was funny because in the the fat paycheck paid for all my education and homeopathy. Yeah, isn't like, that I mean, beautiful? Yeah. It led you on this path. It was part yeah. of it. Mm. Yeah. So that was where that's kind of, and then you studied homeopathy and, yeah. So maybe tell us a little bit about what homeopathy is, and also that people should know that like a is it certified homeopath? Like a a a person who's really a homeopath, they go through a lot of school. Yeah, it's not like a joke thing. No, it's not a joke at all. You went to loads of school. Yeah, what does that look? Maybe just a little bit of what that looks like, and then what homeopathy is because. People don't understand. People like, don't I have understand. no idea. I was like, yeah. what is the sugar pill? And just for people who, you know, who are listening, I met Elizabeth through this course, this midwifery course that I'm doing, that I'm almost done with, actually. And we had two modules to, like, we went quite deep. I mean, for the two weeks that we were doing it in homeopathy. And I had no idea what it was before. And I'm just completely blown away. I've been working with it. I've made some. I've... Yeah, and it's. I think it's one of the mod, one of the, like the more sciencey modules that we do. That just, yeah. I was like, whoa! Just opened up to a completely new dimension for me. So yeah, but I had so for anyone who's listening, I had no idea what it was, and especially Americans, they don't know. It's just not popular there. It's much more popular in Europe. I've realized before the inception of the FDA. America was used all America used homeopathy in all the hospitals. It was widely used before 1920 or 1919 or something like this. And apparently if you stand at the front door of the White House and you look straight out, the first statue that you can see is Samuel Hahnemann, who is the father of homeopathy. So America was very strong with homeopathy many years ago. And when did allopathic medicine come in with well, that? See, like, the thing is, allopathic medicine has always been around. Allopathic medicine and homeopathic right. medicine. But I mean, I guess taking, like, where did it go that homeopathy disappeared? Or that it, they couldn't coexist? Or I don't know. They couldn't coexist. Well, I mean, they, 
I'm, I'm not that now to me is a still I'm still trying to find that piece of information as to why all of a sudden homeopathy was massively repressed and that the allopathic form of medicine or this 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 pharmaceutical mm. industrial model that we're because the, it's not entirely true to say that all of western medicine is allopathic that's true yeah because it's a bit it's a bit more complicated there's also like that. anthroposophic and there's like anthroposophic that, which also americans probably don't know. i mean americans some do this <laughs> we're very but we're, we're, we're wandering yeah. there. What, so you asked me... Yeah, so what is... Maybe just talk about what is homeopathy and also... Yeah. What is homeopathy? What is it? What are these little white pills? What are these little white pills? These little white pills <clears throat> carry information. Okay, so it's homeopathy is all about energy resonance. And this, this simply put, it's like cures like. Mm -hmm. So something, the thing that ails you is the thing that heals you. Mm -hmm. Um... And essentially, this is something that came from Hippocrates, and he also came up with the concept of allopathic medicine. So allopathic medicine is something that, that is contrary, so the, the contrary thing to what's going on where you will push down the illness. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's allopathic medicine. But homeopathic medicine is basically the principle is that we are an energetic body, that this physical being that you hold is one part of a very small part of a very large energetic field that you are and when you're in a disease state that energetic field is holding um a malaise um an, an energy state that is ill that's you know that's out mm -hmm. of sync with you functioning healthily mm -hmm. and the idea of of the remedy is that you give that same mal or that bad energy state, you give that bad energy state to the person as a reflection to the entire energy body. Mm -hmm. And through that reflection, it annihilates it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, when you've got two waves that are exactly the same and mm -hmm. they meet each other, they cancel each other out. So like, for example, presence. if I'm dealing like with anger, mm. then you would give me a pill you that carries the essence of anger, either through something in nature. I mean, there's... Remedies could be made of anything. anything, but like, let's say you took the essence of anger and it's in that hope. So if I'm angry and I want to work on my anger, then you would give me something that holds the essence of anger. And it's almost like it just to me, it's like, to me, yeah. it's like when the body gets this energetic reflection, it's like, oh, oh, that's what's going on. That's what, uh -huh. and it fixes itself because it sees, it's like, a re it sees what's happening like right. if your face was dirty and you looked in the mirror and you could see <clears> your face and then you would you know you would clean your face you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's it's like that it's that reflection of the inner energetic state that you're in is matched by the energetic state that you have in this remedy mm -hmm. and one cancels out the other mm -hmm. now that's put it very very simply but as you see what you know like when I mean, you've seen with your own case or that or the cases that we've spoken about is that um it's a process like you know there's layers to this there's layers to these energetic states but you are working on something that's entirely energetic most of the remedies that i give are above the 12c level and 12c is when there are <coughs> no molecules there's no pharmacological load there's no molecules left it's completely in energy mm -hmm. and then it's also based on the fact that water holds um memory mm -hmm. Um, and so the whole homeopathy wouldn't work. I don't. I don't believe homeopathy would work without um, 
the fact that water holds an energetic mm-hmm. imprint mm-hmm. and this imprint that we create this imprint when we're creating a remedy and we believe that the the diseased state person you know when it's out of ease is holding this um energy state in the water and you're correcting this by giving it mm-hmm. yeah because often we're taking the homeopathy in a glass of water. I mean, you could take it directly on your mouth and that's like the saliva has the water, Mm. but it's this interesting thing that it's like, every time I take a sip of that water, I get that energy. And you know, I've worked on it for like more energetic or emotional reasons. I've been working with homeopathy, but it was one time I think I spoke to you and I had, I had like, I was really sick the night before I had vomited. And then I, um, had a migraine and I never have a migraine mm-hmm. and I texted you oh what should I take and then somebody had that mm-hmm. and this upon the first sip the migraine was I'd say 80% gone yeah yeah the first sip of water and then it was like I I already all of this already clicked for me I it already resonated and that's just like who I am this just makes sense to me mm-hmm. and of course it's not going to make sense to everybody um immediately but it works it like works. that's the thing it works. works it's crazy and this is this is and i want to come back to the water bit but this is the thing that's really interesting to me what i feel like people could write off homeopathy as pseudoscience only because they don't understand it but mm. to me it feels wholly scientific but a science that we don't understand yet it's a science that we don't it understand. It just works, but it's science. It's just like we didn't understand that the world is round at some point. So some things didn't make sense at that time, yeah. and they were just mysterious. Same with homeopathy. We don't understand what water is. We don't understand how energy works with each other yet, but it works. It works, people. That's the craziest bit, and it does not can- cancel out allopathic medicine. It doesn't <sighs> cancel out going to a doctor. Use it in tandem. It's Try it. Just be open. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the thing is, you can use homeopathic remedies allopathically, just to know that. Yeah, right, with the tissue salts. It does work. I mean, I've seen some of the most incredible things that I myself thought oh my god I don't think this I don't think I can deal with this homeopathically and I just work through it in the way that I work through all of my cases and give the remedy I'm just thinking of one in particular yes and it's like t- maybe shocking. tell us one like so I worked for a while in Malawi in um <clears throat> in southern Africa southern central Africa and um there, you know, there's nothing, absolutely nothing available to people. So I was getting to see people who would normally be in, you know, in hospital on a drip, loads of antibiotics, but that was not available to people there. So one particular case I had of a guy, it took him nearly half an hour to walk, you know, the five meters into my office space that I had there because he was in so much agonizing pain and he was in in the latter stages of gonorrhea. Mm-hmm. I mean, his genital organs, you would not recognize them. They look like two enormous wow. swollen melons mm-hmm. and the, a big lump of green gunge represented oh. the penis. And he was in excruciating mm. pain. And so, you know, you kind of, I worked through the case, you know, you look for where the, the, the deepest seat of the, of the, of the uh, disease state is. And I gave him a remedy for that particular one, Kanayam, which is a remedy that, you know, is a very common remedy that we'd use a lot. And he lay down on the benches that we had there. You know, we're talking about very, very simple setup now in this mm-hmm. clinic. 
and we lit myself and my translator who was with me at the time we just literally watched how the swelling just you could just lit like something like a cake deflating wow. or you know so like something deflating like a balloon yeah. deflating just and his pain levels just you could see he was like so greatly relieved now i continued to work with him because mm -hmm. we you know i was working on that first level but when he first came in i was thinking i don't think there's anything i can do for you because this is like really really serious but there in front of me you know in the 15 or 20 minute space with one remedy it just yeah. the situation greatly you know changed and of course that gives me more confidence and i moved on with him and that yeah. guy had you know came around a lot of course he's yeah, he came around a lot, mm -hmm. definitely. And that's, at time and time again, kids with fevers, um, uh, psychosis, people with, in psychotic states. I've seen people giving, giving remedies like Vratramalbum in cases of like severe psychosis. Calming, calming, calming. The first thing you see a lot of times in situations like that, they go to sleep and mm -hmm. then they wake up, mm -hmm. you know, coming around. They're coming around mm -hmm. to who they are. Mm-hmm. So I've seen so much of where I just think, oh my God, things are really bad here. I don't think, I don't think, you know, maybe that's a lack of confidence in myself. It's certainly not a lack. I don't have any lack of confidence in the remedy. It's like, and I, that's another thing about, you know, people come and they thank me for stuff afterwards. It's not me. <coughs> it's the remedy and how it works on the vital force of the person. And yeah. I'm just a conduit between the but two. But you are such a great case taker because also this is the other thing people should understand is a homeopath. And I'm sure every homeopath is different. They're all different people. Yeah. But like, you know, we've done cases together. They, they case take the way a doctor goes and sees their their patient and asks some questions but it's much different because mm. the case taking is getting a whole picture right or maybe you can speak to it better what it is because you're seeing it on every level so someone could be coming to you for really physical reason or emotional reason but you're getting the whole picture that's so important with homeopathy i mean i have prescribed remedies on hand gestures they can be talking 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 or not talking but I have prescribed on hand gestures, on the eye movements, um, ticks on their face, you know, little things that they do with their face. Successful remedies, like remedies that have worked on simply on little pieces of information. I think that's something, the thing of this, it's a subject that Hahnemann taught us is very strongly the subject of amnemesis which is where you're observing everything that is going on with this person, how they smell, mm -hmm. all the eye gestures, everything. I mean, I think possibly I'm somebody who's very empathic and I'm, you know, open to listening. Mm -hmm. But to learn about, you know, how much more information people give away, just mm -hmm. not just their words, mm. but they give a lot more information yeah. away. In So catching all of that, like mm -hmm. it's the physical, the mental and the emotional and everything else in between and the tiniest little details can just give the game away as to what's the right remedy for this person yeah. at that time yeah. and that's the thing with like homeopaths is the homeo like and i think people need to understand this like no matter what you think about homeopathy or any prejudgments you may have or or correct judgments it doesn't matter or thoughts or yeah c preconceptions about it but basically a homeopath needs to know everything about the body too because they need to understand the yeah. physiology of the body and they have to pick up on all the other stuff too so it's not just somebody who like is just empathic too 
which is a really good quality, but it's like, it's like they need to kind of know at least enough about anatomy and physiology as like anybody in any sort of medical oh, yeah. science Absolutely. too. Yeah. So, you know, these are people like people who go to school for homeopathy, like they know, they know their stuff. <laughs> that was your question from earlier. Like, I mean, what did yeah. the study involve? Like it's a full on proper four year degrees just to get your primary education mm-hmm. in, in homeopathy. And then I went on and I did, um, three other postgraduates after that so that was another three years so what are, tell us those tell you those i did one with ann walker who is an amazing like talk about a practical um you know like she's like kind of like a gp and i and thing is i, I don't like to compare homeopath homeopaths with uh, or homeopathy with conventional medicine because we are working in two completely different streams mm-hmm. the person who comes for homeopathy is looking for healing the person who goes for medicine is just looking for a fix or a cure, a cu- you know, or kind their, of a cure. their like intentions is to go for healing, but that's not really the way that system is set up, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, ideally it is, you know, ideally, but it yeah. doesn't, it just doesn't operate that way. I mean, the, the thing about the, uh, that Western medicine is that they break down all the symptoms. Every, every organ and system in the body is all separated from each other. Whereas a homeopath, we just no we can't going to the root yeah we we need to know mm. the emotional state we need to know the living conditions we need to know you know so much about this person and their family history and right. the health of their their parents and the health of the right. you know everything right across the board so it's just super deep yeah so the postgraduate courses i did were uh, so ann walker that was amazing since she's been ill and she's, she's not, she doesn't practice anymore so that was like real grassroots basic homeopathy how you deal with you know just mm-hmm. all sorts of general illnesses mm-hmm. and then I did um, another one with Nula Ising and that was much more on a spiritual intuitive mm-hmm. yeah her case taking method is like you know she would not only would she take account of like what's going on with you there in front of in front of you know the person is sitting in front of you and their eye gestures and their and their movements and but she would also take ah a bird flew by <laughs> she's really so she really yeah, takes okay. it you know at a, at a very but i learned so much from her yeah. and then i also did study with jeremy sure who is, I, what would i say about jeremy sure i would say that jeremy sure really honed in my skills of analysis on case taking so that you know you could get you know bring it down to five remedies very very quickly mm-hmm. so he, he honed in my technical ability mm-hmm. in analysis of cases not so much in the case taking but more so about so i would say the first two nula and uh, ann walker were about um you know the the whole process of analyzing or uh, looking at the person that's in front of you and observing them and then Jeremy Sher was about like, okay, so now you have this case, what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Because there's a, the first prescription is one and then you've got to follow through with what you're going to do afterwards. Mm-hmm. So he was more that kind of like how we're working That's with like great. And then he, what's wonderful about Jeremy Sher is that he's, he's the one who, who has taken the regular polycrest remedies. So the polycrest remedies are the remedies that have been around for 250 years. Hanuman mm-hmm. gave them to us. And I think he channeled them. I think he was a channeler. <laughs> totally. Ch- yeah, channeled it. But Jeremy Sher has taken it to another level and he's moved remedies that were such mineral. So we, we think of remedies as minerals or uh, animal-based remedies or plant-based remedies. Right. And Jeremy Sher has just crisscrossed 
this. So he's found, like, say for that example... That would be like Nat Myrrh. So like Nat Myrrh is a salt. Yeah. It's the salt remedy. It's like the salt of the sea, or just it's, like it's salt in pure form. It's the salt. It is the salt from the it's sea. Taking yeah. the essence of that. Yeah. And that's a very common remedy. Yeah. But we would take that more into a more animated state and then we've got amniotic fluid which is so close to nap muir mm-hmm. but it's and it's contains so much sodium chloride mm-hmm. um but he's taking it to an animated level because when we're looking at people you know you can see the animal side of them you can see the mineral side of them and then you can see a plant side of them the one that i like the best of jeremy shares is he, he took silica which is like all around us in the sand mm-hmm. and he's found the 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 hair from the fawn has very, very high concentration of silica and he proved that remedy. So proving is when we find a substance that we find interesting and we want to make a remedy out of that mm-hmm. and then we study the substance that we make from it to find out what is medicinal in this. And he took something that silica is like, you know, when you give silica, it's a very, it is a mineral, you know, they're a static um, it's very straight kind of a person but when you get to the animated version of it it's like the person is much more animated so you're getting a much more animated version of something that's mineral based mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so it's yeah so that was my there were there were my studies and the thing about it is as Hanneman himself said you're studying for the first year 50 years of your yeah. homeopathic training and yeah. I am constantly getting new books getting new remedies it's a constantly growing Never, it's nothing ever it's nothing like astrology but the only thing that i can say is similar to it is like that it's it's almost like a language and you never stop learning it you never stop learning yeah like nothing. you're probably continuously and you can get really good at it and then and then there's just more and more, more and more, more like more, it's more, like more. almost like this infinity information um yeah. i wanted to talk a little bit about water again one more time because like the essence of this remedy it's what i understood is it speak like we're 70 percent water or something like that in our bodies at a minimum depending on how you measure it right and the the you take you put this little pill you either in your saliva which or or in a glass of water and that even just a sip of that water contains the information of that essence of that remedy. Mm -hmm. And then that speaks to all the water in your body, the blood, anything that's liquid basically. And then that speaks to everything else. So what, like, I mean, maybe this will be a really mystical answer. Maybe it will be really obvious, but like what, yeah. What is water? I guess this, this, I mean, we don't, what water we know. Okay. It's hydrogen two hydrogen um, atoms and one oxygen but I mean that's really you know this it's this you know we're so stuck with this mechanistic world that we live in Mm. on what we can physically see what we can physically measure and the things that we can physically see and we can't physically measure we don't have the technology to measure it nor do we have the language like I I feel very um when I say it's energy matching energy to energy that energy word is not big enough there's there could be a whole subset of vocabulary in there that mm-hmm. we don't have yet mm-hmm. um i think you know the very fact that water when it crystallizes <clears throat> it always crystallizes differently you I know mean, we've had the massimo emoto mm-hmm. who did that book on speaking to the water speaking to the water yeah and just so for anybody who doesn't know 
yeah, maybe you can say briefly what that is too. The, the Massimo Emoto. Yeah. The Massimo Emoto was a Japanese guy and he basically, you know, took water and he spoke badly to one jar of water. I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. And then that, the crystals that were formed from that water when it was frozen um, were just malformed, unhappy, ugly looking crystals. Yeah. And then you get, you get another jar of water and you tell it, you love it. I love you, I love you, I love you. And the crystals that are formed from that are beautiful. Yeah. And then there's, I mean, you've, you've got sadness. You've got all those other mm-hmm. things that can be crystallized on the mm-hmm. water and they form different shapes. Mm-hmm. So that's telling you something, I think, about... I just think it's telling you something about how we see ourselves physically as this, you know, physical body. And we're so obsessed with our physical body and, you know, the organs and how it works and on a cellular level right. that we can measure everything. But the fact of the matter is that it is, we're so much, much, much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Like even mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it's well um, regarded as true science that the heart field is about six feet in front of you mm-hmm. and six feet all around you. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, you know, what, what else? The right. thymus gland is completely underplayed, completely, mm-hmm. you know, why it's underplayed and why it's, I'm beginning to question that now in these particular times because it's such a strong part of the immune system. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the energetic field that it's giving out? Right. And this is before we start even thinking about our soul connection, our spirit connection. Yeah. You know, so we're so much bigger than that. And I just think the water can carry elements of this, this energy that I feel is too small a word, and it carries it to, to us. Mm-hmm. Just something that I find happens and it's happening more and more recently is that I get a case, somebody comes to me, I take the case and the case taking is an hour and a half in mm-hmm. length, you know, and then I spend at least another hour and a half going through, you know, what I'm going to do, all that mm-hmm. stuff that Jeremy Sher gave me. Um, when I've decided on the remedy, the, then the remedy starts. So the it's it's there, mm-hmm. it's there in the intention, mm-hmm. but the water is just such a great vehicle for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is this it through. traveler of information, and and every molecule of water speaks to every other molecule of water that it interacts with, and I think this is again something that might sound. What are you guys talking about? This is a little too spiritual. Namaste for me, but I actually really believe that this is a science that we are just not aware of yet we just don't have the technology just yet yeah we don't we don't but it's in the quantum field yeah it's in, it it's, in it's somewhere there in the quantum field yeah yeah and with our intention and the intentions with the remedies it's there it's somewhere mm-hmm. in there yeah i yeah so now i want to talk a little bit about i'm so there's like a million things i could talk i'm so excited by this i can't wait for people to listen yeah um because it's just been so beautiful for me it's been so I and I'm such a I'm generally such an open person and like open to new you know mediums of healing and new ideas and but this was just a new I just I had never interacted with it before and I'm just so amazed by it um it feels like it's this science that we just don't quite understand yet but it works Mm. and um yeah, so maybe because we're so programmed to, and I, yeah, and so for anybody who doesn't know, I come from a long lineage of medical doctors, and I'm very proud to come from that lineage, and I'm very proud of those people, many uncles, um, even great-grandparents, my dad, 
all doctors. My family is very doctor oriented and really good hearted, beautiful people. But also, you know, we're just trained that that was the way of healing, Mm. you know, and I believe like my, you know, their intentions are to always be healers and they, and they are, you know, they do help people all the time, but we're so uh, it's yeah. A little bit about allopathic medicine and Western medicine. It seems like there's this hatred almost like this blind hatred toward anything that might be different than that even if it's totally inclusive in the same like almost they're like oh why are you doing homeopathy or why you know that's that's stupid that's not science no actually it's science that we don't understand yet but what what I and I want to hear what your thoughts are on this but like what I understand is that the way that at least western medicine has evolved is that it's there to solve a problem yeah. It's there to solve a problem that at least the problem is quite obvious. Yeah. Um, which is a broken bone, um, a disease, yeah. a viral infection, a infection of the skin. You know, like there, mm. it's here to treat these things, and it works from that level. But I don't know if it's really here to heal root causes, or if it's even a new concept to people. Like it's almost like people think. I have this rash on my arm and that that's random. No, actually, it's part of a bigger picture. Um, Nothing's random. But even if you do think it's random, there's still other things that could help get to the root of it, too. So I find that there's this idea that, like, Western medicine is kind of here to solve very obvious problems, very outside, to fix things that are broken. Yeah. And therefore, it looks for things that are broken as well. Mm. And it comes from a place of seeing a patient as a broken person. And then that's a whole nother thing. Um, but then you also have big pharma, which is the, the, unfortunately a business that's driving this whole thing on for it's yeah. like this like parasite kind parasite, of, yeah. because if I were to come to you as somebody who's having gut issues, let's say, yeah. and depression, I'm having mm. something physical and mm. some, and depression and let's probably they're linked. Um, as They're a homeopath, like for sure. And then as a homeopath, you're here to tell me, um, or not to tell me anything, actually, to heal, to get to, so that I don't have to keep seeing you for this Absolutely. thing. That's the thing. Homeopathy goes to the root to seize the whole organism. And in Western medicine, it gives a band-aid that almost causes the person to become addicted and that they keep coming back for more of that band-aid. I don't think that was the intention, but this is something that's seriously wrong and something that we need to look at societally. And I wonder if the homeopathy thing is pushed aside sometimes or not looked at as much because it doesn't cause a recurring paying customer. Oh, that's oh, that's a big thing. Yeah, that's a very so... big thing. And the, and I'm not sure because there's no yeah, it's this is what it is because there is no. You know, like that time when that when that lady gave me the um, she gave me nat mule for my psoriasis mm-hmm. in three weeks, oh. but there was no there's no molecule that we can isolate that we can start producing and packaging up and it doesn't exist, so it cannot be patented. It's really just the idea of nat mule. You can't patent an idea. Yeah, it's it's or essence. the intention. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't. I like. I mean, how to bridge the gap? With allopathic medicine, I and I don't shouldn't call it allopathic medicine because yeah. it's just big pharma. Yeah, medicine it's just big pharma. Or reductionism medicine, or mechanistic medicine, or um, it's like all comes back to that Cart- Cartesian thinking, that idea that we must isolate the root cause 
of this at a at a you know at a physical level. Yeah, I I mean, how to bridge that gap? I don't know. I think it's happening slowly. I mean, my sister, whom I'm super proud of, she's a, she's a GP, mm-hmm. and she is also a lecturer in the um, Galway University, um, teaching the the medics, and she's teaching them mindfulness. Mm. So we're we're we need to get there slowly we need to bridge we need to stop this thing that we think that the mind is separated from the guts and the guts are separated and from it's your, all random and that you are you know <laughs> as as one unit that you, that you cannot be looked at it entirely mm-hmm. this this idea of the systems it's very i think the thing is from my own family background you know because they're medics as well it's a real security blanket to think that you know well, it's just something that's wrong with your liver and we will just sort out what's wrong with your liver and then the problem's gone. Yeah. You know, but your anger issues are going through the roof. Well, okay, right. we can give you some Xanax for that. Or that thing, that medication that they're giving the liver is now causing gut issues that are like, or some sort of autoimmune condition. It's like, it's like, you know, when you're at the carnival and like exactly. the head it, bop and then you so bop like the head, but the other head comes up. up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then, I mean, if I mean, if they were only taught Herring's Law of Cure, which is the most simple thing, that the disease state will go from the, you know, the more serious organs to the less serious organs, from the upper part of the body to the lower part of the body, mm-hmm. and from the inside to the outside. Mm-hmm. If that one thing was taught in conventional medicine, it would, it would change everything. It would change everything. Yeah. Because, like, for example, you know, when I saw that guy with the with the got the really severe gonorrhea. I could have, you know, suppressed that and given him more issues. Like, so, you know, kind of pushed it in so it looks okay. It's, oh, yeah, that's okay, that's okay. Yeah. But it goes deeper. Yeah, yeah. Where you, you need to go go to the deep place, fix it there, and move it out. Yeah. Move this push thing out, out of the body, not push it in. Yeah. But oh, you will only do that if you're going to see the body as an energetic being. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, yeah, you're only going to do that. So I think that maybe if they would just introduce the Herring's Law of Cure... In medical schools, that could just be a very good starting point. Yeah, I think the problem is that, and this is like an, you know, I'm not saying this to like trigger people. It's just it's something that we need to be having discussions about societally as a greater society. Is that big pharma is running health? Yeah, and it shouldn't and be educating for health and educating and you know giving the doctors fancy taco meals, telling them this medication works asking the doctor to sign off on it and of course the doctor is nothing but good intentions because they're just good people yeah. trying to do well and, and they and they believe and often exhausted and not treated humanely through the way that they were schooled and yeah. the amount that they work and like yeah. so much love by the way so much love for doctors and for the people working in in the medical field like really I do I mean I come from a family of that yeah but we have to be asking the bigger questions of who's running the show. And it is just intrinsically unethical to be causing people to be addicted to, or to be treating depression like it's just this chemical imbalance Mm. in the brain. Mm. Rather, how about we're looking at, and you go and you get your, your, oh, don't even start me on what antidepressants are. Which, By the way, sometimes that might be the right thing for that person. So I'm not just judging it blindly, you know? Like, really, sometimes it is the thing that that person needs in that moment for their circumstances, for whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, sure. it's, not, it's not the thing that's curing the depression. <laughs> There's a reason why it exists. There's a reason yeah. why. It's, and the thing, and that's something, you know, that I've seen with depression or, you know 
other kind of mental, if you want to call them illnesses, one remedy that like, I mean, that, that's one thing that can change really quickly and you can completely change the person's and they're the ones you don't ever see them again. You give them the one remedy, yeah. confident that that's the right one for them and their life changes. Mm-hmm. I had a, a card just two weeks ago from somebody that I saw 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, I'd only given her one remedy and she never came for a follow-up so I never knew what happened to her but she wrote to me and said you know how that had completely changed her life and the life of her children mm-hmm. you know it was one remedy where she could have been on I don't know like I mean I remember her case very clearly because it was so desperate mm-hmm. and you know she was completely staring down the barrel of very strong um Anti-suppressive, antidepressive, antidepressants, yeah. and mm-hmm. I always those things when they say antibiotics, antisuppressant, anti, and that's when you're going on the wrong path. And right. one remedy for that lady, and it just completely revolutionised mm. her whole life. And sixteen years later, she, you know, she comes back to me to thank me for that. Mm-hmm. I just, and then I mean the campus. I mean, I had a practice in Dublin for many years, which I completely thrived off. People who were coming off. Um, antidepressants mm-hmm. and oh that's that'd be it by the way anybody who wants to come off them or who's feeling called to or any or any medication they've been on for a long time see a homeopath that's the perfect place or even to work in tandem with with any medication work, you're taking. It, work, in tandem. work with both work it's with one both. does not negate the other so if you're on pharmacological Don't drugs ever to come off something you know that you've been along, on yeah of an instant because no, you're going to no, put yourself no. in a worse situation there. Yeah. So you need support, but there are yeah. Go see a homeopath. Yeah. Go yeah, see a homeopath. Work, work, work together. It's okay. You can you can take all the the pharmacological drugs you want, or or that you feel called to, or that are helping yeah. you, that are genuinely helping you, uh, and work with homeopathy too. They don't negate the other. No, they don't. That's a nice at all. because it's working on an energetic state. It's not a molecular load. So it's not pharmacological. They can work side by side. But you, yeah, you just need to be sensible about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to tell you something else because I said I have those three postgraduates, mm-hmm. but I also have a, four, a, a fourth one with Peter Chappell, who is just the most amazing person. And he is now just working completely on transmitting the remedies through sound. So this is a thing too. Wow. Yeah. Have you worked with any of those remedies? And do you... Yeah, he gave me... After I had my first son, he gave me loads of those remedies. And you yeah. felt it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Interestingly, he carried the sound in in the sound of water. Right, because sound and water and vibration, it's all... Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. The other thing I really want to tell people too is that people, I think a lot of people will hear this. It's... I understand homeopathy. It's totally, it took me so long to even start to grasp what it is. Yeah. I couldn't, and, and everybody, and we were like, wait, because we're so used to like understanding dosages and yeah. all this stuff and it doesn't work like that. But I think people might think, oh, but this is just a sugar pill. It's, it's a, just a placebo effect, but this is the really cool thing. And maybe you can talk to it. You don't have to believe it for it to work. No, like literally if I go there no. for my eczema and I have absolutely no belief, I think it will work equally on someone who has no belief, who has belief. I mean, I was that That's person. The, yeah, I exactly. was that person. I mean, I was coming out, working all day, doing those clinical trial things. And um, that lady gave and I was just like, oh, whatever. But something made me take it nonetheless. And I took it for the three weeks and it, I was the most gobsmacked person mm-hmm. to see that it worked. Mm-hmm. It, and I mean, it works on animals. 
I've used, I've treated loads of animals. I use it for my plants. I use it for in my garden all the time. Like the water, the remedy water. This oh is my when God. they've just been planted, they get arnica and aconite <laughs> and they get, you know, the tomatoes are on, like on the tissue salts for, awesome. with the NPKs. So, you know, it works on the plants. You can definitely see it on the plants. You get the calendula to flower a lot more with phosphorus. Um, yeah, so you can just... Wow. So the plants... They don't have a clue what kind of water you're spraying. <laughs> Although you don't know. I yeah, mean, who knows? That, that's the other thing. Are the animals, like my dog or... I mean, Colette's dog up here, re- local to us. I've treated those dogs, you yeah. know, with e- for epilepsy. I've treated a dog for epilepsy. Yeah. Yeah, the dog doesn't have to the believe, but it works. It works. This is why I'm telling you people, it is a science. It is a science we don't under full, fully understand. It's like the yet. true sciences. It's like the yeah. oral sciences mm-hmm. that I... St- the sciences that... I mean, I've... It is a full circle for me because, I mean, I did go in studying natural sciences in Trinity and I came out the other side with a biochemistry degree, which brought me to the whole, you know, medical pharmaceutical mm-hmm. end of things. But, you know, it, it's, homeopathy is like a true science. It's got fundamental principles that we don't break. Mm-hmm. Like we've got the Herring's Law of Cure. We've got the Doctrine mm-hmm. of Signatures. We've got many fundamental principles that we stick by. Mm-hmm. Whereas... I mean, I don't, I, I do, yeah, I don't want to run down Big Pharma. They're doing a good enough job of that themselves. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I kind of want to go here. Let's see where it goes. Okay. We're in a, cra- okay. we're now dealing with a world that fears, unfortunately, <sighs> like, where do we even go with this? Let's just say we're at a really crux in society, actually in the progress of humanity, where half the world well, let's say, I mean, there's variations. There's world, there's part of the world who is run by fear of the invisible or the perceived. Mm-hmm. Let's say the perceived, because I don't want to say the invisible because that's my perception. Run by fear of like viruses, which are everywhere and all the time. And actually we need them. Um, and by viruses that are not affecting that much of the population. Mm. And you're having all these things come in and all these extra technologies and all these new technologies being injected into people's bodies and children getting, let's, let's even take the MRNA quote unquote vaccine away for a second. Even just children. Like when I went to school, I had, I I don't know how many vaccines, but now children in America get 72 doses by the time they're 12 doses i'm not saying 72 different vaccines 72 total vaccination doses i think that's the number i need to double check because i want to be really good about like um what i say yeah um but you get a lot basically get a lot what like can you speak to what this technology is at all because it's not even considered a medication a vaccine is something completely different and and uh, maybe it's good sometimes i don't know but like i guess what's going on with the world now maybe how homeopathy could play a role in that um yeah well i mean you know this will be a like re-educating on what disease is yeah. what an infection is yeah you know, because diseases of their are, are an energetic bodies of their own right. So we, as homeopath, I see diseases as an energetic like body. as an entity almost. It's mm, a... Yeah, like a like as an entity. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I wonder about that. You know, that whole that thing between entities. If there's an entity or if it's an energetic state. Right. Or what is that? Yeah, like malaria or like something attacking the blood. Yeah, it's very yeah. it's strange. It's, it's, it just goes back to this whole thing that we have to chase down some poor, unfortunate little microorganism 
and blame it all on them. Yeah. And then we chase them down and try and annihilate them. Whereas we don't look at the underlying state. The terrain. That is on the human condition. Right. To be able to house this. To right. be able to, to facilitate right. this. And it's, there's the, there's the error. There's the, it, you know, it's like blaming an accident on the skid marks that were there after the accident. Right. You know, it's, it's, we're blaming the wrong thing. We're looking right. in the wrong place. We need to go back to the substrate. It's the old thing that they're putting around now at the moment about, um, Louis Pasteur said on his deathbed, oh my God, I've been wrong my whole life. I've been chasing the microbe, but it's the substrate. It's the body on which the microbe lives is where we need to be taking the action. Right. This is epigenetics. This is like, and this is because, and this is why we want to treat the water because the water is where it's all happening. Right. All of the reactions, like the cytosolic fluid and the intercellular fluid is water. Mm -hmm. And it's the state of that water. That's what we need to be worried about. Yeah. And our emotional state feeds this. And it's interesting that this year, I mean, talking amongst all my different WhatsApp and Telegram and Facebook um, homeopathic groups, they're all saying the two biggest remedies that are turning up are arsenicum album and Staphys agria. Arsenicum album is the biggest fear remedy. Mm. So the state that people are in now is fear. And the second one, Staphys agria, is violation. They're being violated. Their rights are being taken away. They're the two biggest remedies that are being needed by people right now. So that's the state that people are in before you start looking at the microbes that are sitting on top of it. Right. You know, and then, I mean, virologists will also tell you the way we look at virology is completely in error. You know, we're treating them the same as bacteria. They're not the same yeah. as bacteria. So there's a fundamental major flaw. Mm. This is where the, where the science that's running around in the, in the hospitals it doesn't have, it's not really a science. No. It's not really a science. It's like a I mean, weird religious dogma that has religious. no basis in anything. Yeah. And, and Unfortunately. But medicine, at some point, and I, you know, somebody is at some stage I, told me this, that medicine signed itself away from science. Oh, we yep. don't need to follow scientific doctrines yep. anymore. Mm -hmm. We'll just go off on our own little schism. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's, yeah, but, you see, the, the people's health and it's our approach to death. I think our approach yeah, to death. Yeah. And our Seneca album is a big death remedy. Yeah. And our approach to death is, we've got it, it all wrong. Can't it we can't exist. We must escape it. it. In fact, you're not allowed to live anymore. You need to just be escaping death. Every breath you take is escaping death rather than actually living. And also, if there's this crazy enemy in the air called some sort of virus yeah. and I catch this virus catch it that's also a funny term I I've somehow I have this virus in my system and somebody else does yeah and my terrain is healthy yeah my terrain is healthy yeah or it's not random the way it affects other people and I understand some people are are um you know, in certain health conditions, I'm not saying, oh, go, that's your fault, blah, 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 you know, but why are, why as a society are we not talking about what's healthy? Why are we not talking about the health of our water? Why are we not talking about the health of the food that we eat? Why are we not, why are we not like, why are we ignoring the pharmaceutical drugs that we put in our system that are creating an incredibly unhealthy terrain, mm -hmm. but no, we're out like trying to beat this enemy 
that you can't see. Yeah, and then it and to me, give me the enemy. I don't care. I'll take it because I know no. my terrain is healthy because I've I'm creating a healthy relationship to all these things around me. Yeah. And so, as society as a whole, we are not talking about this. All we're doing is like covering our ears, shouting, covering, covering our, our eyes, covering oh, covering our mouths, covering oxygen. So we have water, and then we have oxygen, and then we have sunlight. Yeah. If, by the way, if anybody ever tries to block out the sunlight, this is, like, another level of, like, really just blocking out. We, we, we need these things. We, we need, need human connection. We, we need, need human connection. And we need these viruses. And we need yeah. these bacteria because they're making us stronger. Yeah, exactly. But just on that thing, like, you know, that was the first thing I, I said when the pandemic came in. But if they're so worried about our health, why don't they just take all the sugar off the shelves? Take all of the tobacco out of the market? Take all of the alcohol out of the market? And enforce exercise. Because they don't care about our health. Yeah, That's what it is. And this is what I'm hoping we, as a society, we need to actually start having public robust discussions about the state of the world. Yeah. And stop looking to authority figures to tell us the answers. We are adults. We are adults. We are sovereign beings who can take, who who are responsible, we are responsible for the things that we consume. We are responsible for the things that we buy. We're responsible for everything. And the education mm-hmm. about that needs to be very, you know, the, I, you know, this is something that's really becoming obvious to me is that our education is like massive chunks of stuff that we need to know is being taken from us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And why? Let's all ask these questions. Why? Who is this serving? If Who you are, if, if you are going to just blindly believe authority and sometimes it's right to believe authority. Sometimes they, they're telling, you know, like the mm. street signs is telling you to turn left and that's really where you need to, you know, it's a, I'm not saying like blindly disregard authority. I'm just saying to blindly follow authority without questioning what, what, if they actually, I mean, it's all like, Do they have your best interest in mind? Just ask yourself. I'm not, Felicia, me, I am not here to answer this question for you. Just ask yourself, do these entities, do these bodies have our best, do these quote unquote politicians have, these are like drug sex addicts who are like puppets for, I don't even know, a bunch of different companies. And it's like, come on, you're voting, sorry, America, you're voting for a senile man who has dementia uh, and uh, against like a, a an orange like crazy area it's just it's it's a clown show we have to be real about like where we're at you know it's a clown let's show let's just be that's like, a really it's, good yeah. It's literally like going to the circus and you're like, what are they going to do next? Are they going to bring out the guy who juggles on top of the elephant? Are they going to bring out the lion who's going to jump through the fire? Yeah. Are they going to bring out the monkeys who like swing? I don't know what's coming next. Right, what, about the, what about what we've had locally here, the illegal dancing? I mean, is it, when, yeah, if, dancing, if you put those two words together illegal. thinking that that's legitimate, you need to think, rethink about illegally dancing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they're going to sit to you. Or that... standing up with it. But the second I sit down, I can take off. But I could just stand up, put it on, take it off, just sit down. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, that they, but, they, but, they, but if, you know, if you think that these people are really looking after your best interests, why haven't they taken all the sugar off the shelves? Yeah. Just that one thing alone <laughs> would, you know, completely change the whole diabetic spectrum. Like, why are they censoring people who have any variation of a different thought than this? You know, just let, let's all just, I'm not like, 
Elizabeth's not here. I'm not here to give any answers. I'm just here to ask questions. We should all be asking questions and we should all be having healthy, robust discussions. And it is okay to have different um, Ideas, you know, opinions. opinions. You are allowed, if you believe that a vaccine is best for you, you that is totally your right to have it. And that is totally your right. It is. It is. I mean, I hope you educate yourself first. Okay. I have my own personal perceptions about that, obviously. Yeah. But it's like we can't be here like <clears throat> virtue signaling and telling people how to live <coughs> or how can, to escape. Can I just say life. something on the vaccine thing? Yeah, yeah. Go there because you know a lot more about vaccines than I do. Well, I mean, I, you know, because <laughs> of the biochem, we had to study immunology and... Yeah, go, you have the background for it. Please tell the public because I can't say it. This, this is the, the long before I came to homeopathy, actually. Mm-hmm. And this, so this came to me like when I was, you know, how does it make sense? The immune system is a layered defense mechanism. OK, so it, it's it starts way out in front of you. Your body's picking up signals. OK, and it fee, it's a feedback system. So it feeds back information from the outside. Like, so say, for example, from the mucous membranes in your nose, it, it's feeding back information all the way, way, way back to your, like right back into your armpits to where your lymph, gl- uh, lymph glands are working. Mm-hmm. So there's this relay going back. <clears throat> How can it be right that you inject something that, go- that bypasses all of that information, bypasses the thymus gland, the biggest part of the immune system, which is seriously underplayed. The Can't thymus- wait for my endocrinologist dad to listen to this episode. Yeah, but how can <laughs> how can a vaccine passing this man-made piece of information bypass all of that? How can that be right? How can that be? How can yeah. that be technically right? I mean, if it's going to, if, if I would actually, actually, to mm-hmm. be honest, I will take the vaccine if I can take it orally. If I can take it orally, I'm okay with that. As long as I know there's no nanotechnology in there. Yeah, okay. So, by the way, we need to be specific because the... the I'm going to say the C word. It's the first time I'm ever saying it on my... Do you really want to? Do you want to? Do you want to? The... 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 The coronavirus. The COVID vaccine or the four of them that exist right now. This is not a vaccine in the way that we've defined vaccines in the in the. So now you, what you're talking about is not an mRNA technology. No, I'm not talking about that Experimental yet. technology where some artificial, I don't know. What we're talking about is vaccines. What we know of vaccines before 2020. Yeah. What we've had. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. speak to that. So like, I mean, if we, if we could take them orally mm-hmm. so that it gets to go past the time is gone. If we, you know, if, but why go straight into the blood system? Why go there? Why start there? Yeah. When the immune system, you know, most likely starts like the heart way out there in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't we start, you start the information fil- in filtering in from there. I just don't, that bit never, ever, I never could get that to, un- I could never get that to, why? Why go so deep, deep into the system, introducing something that's so um, invasive? Need to be that invasive. It Do you have any doesn't... ideas why that might be that they that it's invented that way and not? Well, because through, they've in, you know the, because they're they're, co- they're copying like the the molecular structures okay. they find. All right, they so find it makes more sense states. to just inject it. it so it's just, it's the same old <clears throat> paradigm, you know. It's the same old <clears throat> thing that we will manage this completely on a molecular level mm-hmm. and we will completely ignore the energetic state and divide it all up into its little all these different mm-hmm. systems that we they love because the humans love control i mean that's why cancer is ransom we love control we love to put things in boxes 
So we want everything to be compartmentalized and everything goes in its box. Where the world is not like that. Um, I always think of my old lecture in physics. He's, we, we were, you know, in um, a physics lab and I was only in first year physics and he said to me, okay, we're just going to make this thing called a closed system. There's no such thing as a control closed system, but don't tell everybody about that because it freaks people out. Mm -hmm. You cannot have a closed system. It's not possible to completely confine something and not have effects that you don't know about coming from the outside. Mm -hmm. So if you look at things from a much wholer picture, mm -hmm. so if you look at the bigger picture, then you're incorporating the fact that you cannot have a closed system. Mm -hmm. So it makes it much more sustainable. It right. makes it much more viable and it makes it much more functioning. Mm -hmm. So that's why where homeopathy is for me. It's like, it is that thing that because I take in all of the information, mm. I mean, I haven't gone fully there with where Nula Ising is at with, you know, when the bird flies past. Yeah. <laughs> but things that, you know, people bring up things like snakes coming into, into their lives or, yeah different things like that i do bring you know when when it's yeah. coming to their lives yeah yeah um yeah so i know that people like because we've already gone down vaccines and i think let's not be shy let's go there because it's an important discussions to be having publicly yeah from all different angles from all different angles we should all be having these discussions this is how the public should make decisions and but they're not it. well enough educated yeah i know but it but the educated all people from different angles should be having these robust discussions but anyways i want to talk a little bit more about the vaccine thing yeah so i don't a lot think of I'm times an expert on vaccines though i will say that I mean, yeah I don't, I don't feel like anyway an expert no you're an expert in homeopathy yeah my thing is homeopathy. so but but the thing is i know people do come to homeopaths to treat like if their child I'm going to put quotes around this, has to get a vaccine yeah. to attend the school or whatever. Yeah. I mean, oh, I already have issues about like doing something to a body that feels wrong to you and to it. If it feels right to you, go for it, you know, but doing something to a body that feels wrong to you and then to go see someone to try to counteract that, it feels, oh, it's so awful. But I know that people do come to homeopathy to, what is it, like detox from vaccines, right? Mm. Um. So maybe speak to that and how actually this new vaccine, the mRNA technology is something that you couldn't necessarily deal with because we don't know actually what it is. Or Initially, when they started talking about the mRNA um, vaccine, the homeopaths were saying, well, we won't be able to get you out of this one, lads. We won't be able to help you with this. The homeopaths are the saying The homeopaths this. were saying that. But now I'm seeing different things people are talking okay. about that maybe we can't. Yeah. That, okay. we can, that we can detox. So de detoxing yeah. is like basically just helping the body to detox from whatever. Like, you know, mm -hmm. before it was always the heavy metals and then it was the particular vaccines themselves. Mm -hmm. The homeopath's approach to this is like you've got the disease and then you've got the vaccine. So when the person has taken the vaccine, you want to detox them from the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And so there's some really good, useful remedies that we use for that. And then we just look at also what's the constitutional state. Mm -hmm. Because the constitutional state is the absolute highest pinnacle. And once you've got that constitutional state, everything else can work out from that. Mm. Um, I'll just say one thing about, you know, how we, we've got this thing called homeopathic prophylaxis, prophylactics. So that is where, for example, like, you know, I myself, I'm nervous. I've got two kids and um, I'm nervous about the fact that I don't want 
my two boys to get measles when they're 21 or 22 because I know at that stage yeah, it's, yeah. it's gone you know you yeah, do not yeah. want that so you want to get them before they're um, I'm kind of nervous about saying this now on in recorded but so what we do is we we give homeopathic disease state so we give the measles in this thing on like an essence level on an essence level on an energetic mm-hmm. level it's really interesting to see how really healthy kids will kind of just have a very subdued version of the measles. Mm-hmm. So at least we've given them that immunity. Oh, so it's almost like a homeopathic vaccine, sort of. Yeah. It's like I guess a, that's sort of profile. Yeah. So that's okay. so that's what, what we would like for parents to do. That's what we would like to be. Right. Like, I mean, ideally, exposure to the disease. It's with a good enough terrain. With a good enough terrain. Where, be, where the person yeah, is healthy, exactly. they've got good nutrition. Mm. You know, but then people don't want to be inconvenienced by disease. Mm. So then you can go with homeopathic prophylactics. So you just give them the disease in a in a state where there's nothing left. It's only energetic, mm-hmm. um, and you let the let the immune system deal with that. So it's giving them the information about the disease on an energetic level. Right. Um, and then when it comes to giving when the kid or the whatever the person has been given the vaccines, then you're just detoxing loads of chemical crap chemical crap that's basically what you're doing and it's got very little to do with and it doesn't leave the person any better off for actually facing measles or yellow fever or whatever whatever the the hepatitis so i i mean i also want to say that i am not entirely anti-vax neither am i i'm pro anybody doing whatever they want with their like body hepatitis i think you know when do you i had hep- that one i had all the the, the hepatitis one is probably I the one so. that you know you're gonna you should think about that one yeah okay but the other yeah but then i just think we just do this homeopathically because but i can do that homeopathically because i see everybody see you sitting in front of me is okay there's felicia in a little physical body that's here but also she's got this massive energy field that she's communicating to me all the time Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm interested in treating that's what Mm -hmm. I'm interested in working on Mm. but every as you say everybody has to do what's right for them and you have to be sensible and they're I mean yeah you have to be sensible at the end of the day the thing is is like there are some things (laughs) this is kind of funny I just want to yeah we all have the right to do whatever we want with our body, even if it's build toxicity in it. Like, if yeah. you want to go and eat a bunch of, you know, processed trans fat MSG stuff, you know, go go yeah. for it. Go Just for it, don't yeah. make everyone else do it. Absolutely. This is, this is the thing I'm trying to say. Yes, I have my own perceptions about industries, about vaccine, about what's going on in the world. I have my own perceptions, sure. And everyone's welcome to their own perceptions, but we cannot be here controlling everybody and controlling the masses. Mm -mm. You do what you want to do, but please people educate yourselves. Know what you're putting into your body. Know your like GMO tomato. Know what a GMO is. Know what a vaccine. If you're going to put anything in your body, Mm -hmm. do your best. And I can learn from this too. I can do buddy. Let's know what we're doing to ourselves because we're just walking around can i just say something on that now yeah go for it so i'm 20 years doing this homeopathy thing mm-hmm. and f- and when i initially started out i was like I, oh yeah i want to fix you i want to fix you in the same way that like you go to a doctor and fix and yeah. then i've learned over time that that's not that's not a healthy approach that's not the approach and that's a burnout approach that's a burn that's why i think like i think doctors 
Oh, it's so a hard good. life. It's so hard, and it's they mean really, so well. Mean Most so of them, well. I love I them. So, they all went in there with good intentions, attentions. or at least most of them, you know. Yeah. And I see myself more as a conduit and a kind of empowerer. I mm-hmm. want the person in front of me to get a understand the remedies that they're taking and why they're taking the remedies, but to empower themselves to be stronger. For to make their own decisions for themselves to for the betterment of their own health and don't rely on me. I'm just a vehicle. I'm just like a passageway between this knowledge right. of homeopathy and, and the remedies, and I just pass right. on these. Right. I'm no fixer. I didn't. I didn't do anything. Right, because we like worship doctors or the medical, and they they deserve a lot of credit for they sure. But it's like a lot of credit. let's talk about the healing that's taking place and the things that got us there for sure. Yeah, and they solve a lot of problems and figure out a lot of things for sure. So I would think that I would call myself as a homeopath somebody who empowers others to take control of their own health. And isn't that what a good healer does? They're not healing; they're empowering people toward their their own healing yeah. and their own self-responsibility. Mm-hmm. They're helping people become more self-responsible people. Yeah, and to live to their optimal, to, of the, by themselves, of their own accord, without crutches. Because yeah. you don't want to be taking homeopathic remedy forever. You know, you, know, you want to fall, you, well, that brought me so right. far. Right, that's the great thing about it. And yeah. then it brings you back to this homeostasis and hopefully... Homeostasis yeah. brings you back to a healthy state of homeostasis. Mm. And then it falls away from you and you move on. Hmm. So I have one more question, unless there's one more thing you want to talk about, but I have... No, I think... Yeah, yeah. it feels good. Yeah. Um, one more question is if you want to leave us with any wisdom, if you have just one piece of advice. You probably said a lot of it, but like if there's anything to anybody who's listening. I would... Okay, you know what I think? I think mm-hmm. is that every illness, every condition, every depression every anxiety it's there for a reason and if you could try and work through it hard and all as that may be if you could try and work through it as opposed to suppress it you're going to move on further in your life and I don't know if that's like spiritually or on a soul level mm-hmm. but it, it it allows you to see more about who you are mm-hmm so so illness is a gift really. it's a message it's, it's a, a messenger message. it's a messenger, it's a messenger. Yeah. and working through it does not mean pushing through it it's working like with it working Look, with working it through to, to it exactly because sometimes people think working through something means pushing through it. and i know that's not what you said or what you meant no no no. what i mean is that like you know you <clears> to work with this and it brings you through to a better place right it makes you grow yeah, it's our our health is a messenger. Our health Everything is, a messenger, is it's absolutely. all a messenger, and if we can see it that way, it's just so beautiful. Yeah, it's like the same with dreams, but that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, but we use dreams in homeopathy. I mean, that's a yeah. big part of homeopathy yeah. is to understand what's going on in the dream world. Yeah, yeah, so cool. Yeah, so Elizabeth, I'm sure people. Like, I cannot tell people, like, I just recommend everybody go to a homeopath at mm. least once for mm. whatever reason. Just yeah. have your case taken. I know you work online. Yeah. I want to leave all your, like, I'm going to put all your information. I know we still need to work on your website. Yeah. We'll do that together. <laughs> I think that gonna, I've got no time. <laughs> but you have an email. I have And you email. do consultations. And the best thing that I want people to know right now is that you can see a homeopath. You don't need to go into their office. No. You can see them. They mm. can take your case they yep. can 
prescri- do you use the word prescribing people? Yeah, prescribing yeah, remedies. prescribing remedies. Yeah. You can find those remedies online. You can find them at the pharmacy. Mm. So you don't actually need a, a homeopath who's necessarily in your area. Even Elizabeth takes, um, yeah, sorry. I mean, I'm biased because I love Elizabeth. <laughs> She's so amazing. But the, but you, can, you can find a homeopath that's right for you. Totally. Everywhere. We yeah. are ev- we're all under the ground there. They're everywhere. And there's homeopathic pharmacies all over the world. You know, so I mean I I yeah, I'm what kind of a homeopath am I? I'm I'm Yeah, tell us. Tell us. I'm very practical. I'm definitely not, you know, totally in the industry. Yeah, you are really I'm, practical. I'm very, very practical. And um I've a lot of experiences, particularly with mental health issues. I mm-hmm. think that's my big baby. Mm-hmm. And then coming right in after that is then kids. Everything to do with, with pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, getting pregnant, preparing. Fertility, pre- people. Fertility. Fertility, oh, fertility and homeopathy oh is like. Oh my I wish God, that it's people, amazing. Before they go for IVF. They have preconception care. Yeah. Yeah. But I wish they would, before they go for IVF. I would, that would be a wish that I would have for all of your yes. listeners. Or before you go there. Go to see a homeopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, I must have about, I think I have over 25 homeopathic babies. Yeah. You know, that, where there was problems with I mean, fertility. I knew someone who couldn't conceive for nine years between her first and her second and then saw a homeopath and conceived the next month. With it, yeah, so. exactly. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> it also works pretty instantly, too, it's the really, homeopathy. Yeah, absolutely, and, yeah. And guess what? The world loves an instant <laughs> gratification. So homeopathy is pretty instant Homeopathy is well. very instant, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, you can have slow things like with the skin and stuff like that that take time, but like fertility... And homeopathy is just like, wow, it's just, it's such a, a match. It's yeah. So that's one of my big areas. And then through pregnancy and then for birth and then for babies. Breastfeeding, breastfeeding babies. Breastfeeding babies and kids issues. Kids issues, you know, and that includes like the AD, D, ADHD, ADHD. which, you know, I was prescribed or diagnosed with as a child yeah. and managed with through amphetamines. <laughs> But I have a lot to say. That's going to be another. I'm going to have some like my own little um, episode on that. Amphetamines. <laughs> yeah, I was on them for years. Because, I mean, but yeah. Anyways, because um, homeopathy is so good. Kids, kids, and animals and plants. You know, without the preconceived ideas that this yeah. doesn't work, I'm not going to take it. Everything that operates with water, which is basically what the whole earth. Yeah. Anything that needs water to thrive. Yeah. could use homeopathy yeah every organism everything yeah. that needs water everything um, that needs water yeah yeah amazing so elizabeth i will put your information in the notes because i want people to be able to find yeah, you sure. as well I'm, I'm yeah. delighted i'm delighted i'm always you know my work is my joy i love what i do yeah. i'm so delighted that i have come here and you know and it was my illness that brought me slowly slowly here yeah um yeah And it's such a joy for me to help people with this. I know, and I feel that from you. Yeah. Okay, so thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank Mm. you so much, Felicia, for giving me this opportunity to Mm. talk. (laughs) 